Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. And welcome to another hour dedicated to exploring exactly what enlightenment means and what it is to be enlightened. Indeed, an hour devoted to learning something more about ourselves, an hour designed to help us integrate all of our knowledge and perhaps even challenge some of our ideas about the world we live in and the people we have become. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. Every week I read some of your letters as our way of respecting the very important role you have in helping us to make this show successful. Last week our guest was Steve Maraboli, and we discussed the power of one. Antonio wrote, Eldon, great show today. Steve Maraboli is an inspiring guest who speaks a resonating truth. You are the point of origin. Well, you know, Antonio, I like that quote, too. Thanks for your letter. Shannon wrote, I just listened to your interview with Steve Maraboli. It was amazing. I really love when when you're on his show, Empowered Living Radio, so it was fun to hear you be the interviewer. Thanks for all you do. Well, thank you, Shannon, and I enjoy being on uh, Steve's show as well. Mark wrote, it would be interesting if your guest, Steve Maraboli, had a conversation with Lynn McDackert, McTaggart, I'll get that said, a recent guest who wrote The Bond. According to Steve, each person is the point of origin. According to Lynn, we all have a common bond or field. She says the group can both positively or negatively affect the individual. I'm sure much of their views overlap, but they seem to approach it from opposite sides. The discussion about the individual and group has been an ongoing one in the spiritual movement. I think the topic is significant because there are many within the movement who believe that we're entering a shift where old systems will give way to new ones. In the new system, what will be the relationship between the individual and society? The responses I hear have largely been vague and almost downplayed. However, the topic is still very important and should be further discussed. Well, that's an excellent letter, Mark, and it is a subject that we will discuss at great length. But for today, as you know from listening to this show, I have issues with McTaggart's view. But with that said, I know that both Steve and I believe in the power of one, the individual, to bring about the changes we desire in the world. As Gandhi said, be the change you want. Now, if one is seeking to sit on their duff and collect from society, then I suppose that is, you know, what you want to be. For both Steve and myself, that is not the change we are looking for. When you build strong individuals, self-reliant and confident, then you have the links that strengthen the chain. But alas, no chain is any stronger than its weakest link. Spirituality is not about losing yourself to become nothing. There is a very appropriate saying here that goes like this. All that I am is a gift, and what I do with that gift is the only way I can give back to the creator, the gifter. It's the story of the talents from the biblical literature, if you will. We all have unique talents, and depending on the collective, you know, depending on the collective is not how we're going to develop those talents. Quite the opposite is really true, at least in my view. The stronger you are, the greater the gifts you can bring to the collective. Think of it this way. Where is the world today without the individualistic and competitive geniuses of people such as Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Sergey Brin, Larry Page, Mark Zuckerberg, or for that matter, the likes of Einstein, Heisenberg, Bohr, and Richard Feynman? 
This is a subject for another show, so suffice it to say for now, the power of one begins and ends with each of us. And as Benjamin Disraeli put it, the greatest good you can do for another is not just share your riches, but reveal to them their own. Gail wrote, I've listened to your program on Hay House Radio and appreciate the free downloads. Thanks for your generosity. Well, you're more than welcome, Gail, and I'll use your letter to remind our audience that we offer a number of InterTalk programs free for the downloading as just a part of our own pay-it-forward program. These are not samples. This is the patented InterTalk technology that has been proven effective in repeated double-blind studies conducted by independent researchers at leading institutions such as Stanford. So why wait? Start improving your life today. Just go to intertalk, I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K dot com, and choose free programs from the left-hand navigation pane. All right, Lucero wrote, I was in a retreat on 11-11-11, and I was marketing Eldon's products. They asked me if I worked for the company. I responded with smiling and sharing my bright, loving energy that your products really, really work. Your products are lifesavers. Thank you so much for being a source of happiness and kindness for lots of people. Well, thank you, Lucero, for your wonderful letter and fabulous support. And I assume you did let everyone know that you don't work for me, though. although I guess I should ought to pay you if you're out there doing that. But thank you again. All right, that's all the time we're going to take for letters, but I do invite you to opine by sending your email to Eldon at eldontaylor.com or by joining me on Facebook. You can also just leave comments on my website. I do try to read all of your letters. Obviously, we can't get them all on the air, but they do impact our programming. And thank you for your support. Now to today's show. The integration of mind, body, spirit to awaken the human potential and heal the body. Our guest is probably best known as the result of her iconic portrayal as Jamie Summers in her Emmy award-winning role as the bionic woman. I'm speaking, of course, of the one and only Lindsay Wagner. Once the Bionic Woman series had ended, Lindsay went on to become the queen of television movies with over 40 TV movies, five miniseries, and 12 feature films to her name. Notable successes were Shattered Dreams in 1990, which she co-produced on domestic violence, A Child's Cry in 1985 about child abuse, The Taking of Flight 847, on the root complexities of terrorism in 1988, fighting for my daughter in 1995, highlighting the problem of teen prostitution, and four extraordinary women in 2006 on the emotional subject of breast cancer. Lindsay has always been committed to the advancement of human potential. This has been evident not only throughout her highly successful acting career, but also in her personal life. She has chosen her films, taking into consideration the effect they will have on the audience, and used her position as a public figure to highlight issues that are important to her, with the objective of helping people in their personal journeys. More recently, Lindsay has combined her personal experience and many years of study, both Western and Eastern modalities, to develop Quiet the Mind and Open the Heart, experiential workshops and retreats, and she has produced a special meditation CD, Open to Oneness. Her programs are designed to help overcome our own personal challenges while accessing the peace and joy that is naturally within us. Lindsay offers these programs as a way of sharing that which has greatly impacted her life. 
So let's get her in here. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Lindsay Wagner. Hi, thank you. <laughs> Indeed, our pleasure. First, you know, I love your work, and I admire the diversity of skill you demonstrate across so many different roles. Uh, you know, I was a practicing criminalist for years, and so chick flicks is their call commonly among us guys, something I kind of avoided. My wife got me interested in. I love yours. I, I think I've seen all of them. At least I've seen those that I, I just covered. Uh, but did well, you ever I'm anticipate... <laughs> Well, my pleasure. Did you ever anticipate when you began filming The Bionic Woman that it would be the hit it became and further? That from it you would be where you are today providing workshops on spirituality? Well, <laughs> that's a big question. Um, no, I didn't. I certainly didn't expect. I think there's many uh, uh, sections to that question. <laughs> And firstly, I didn't expect that it was going to be uh, as huge as it was. Um, I I was, at the time the show came about, I was teaching acting on the side of, I was working as a young actress and on the side, I was teaching acting to young people for uh, kind of in, in a therapeutic way. It wasn't kids in a place, a facility or anything, where there was serious problems, although some of them may have had, who would have, I don't know. But I, it was at a school that couldn't afford arts. And so I was just volunteering my time and teaching after school, trying to help kids, because that's how I started acting. I stumbled into it as a very young person at the age of 12, through a family friend, and mm -hmm. they kind of brought me in to help me learn to express myself and get in touch with my emotions because I was very locked up with my pain or sadness, and um, I was demonstrative and funny. I could be funny and entertaining, but wouldn't share my pain. And in fact, I got funnier as my pain got stronger, right, <laughs> to try and cover it. Okay. But they were very sensitive people, and he was an acting coach, and they kind of tuned into that in me. And and were wanting me to have a place to express myself. And so that's how it started for me, and it began to change my, my view very subtly um, of our whole self, of my, you know, that my pain was not shameful, that it was not a burden, and, <clears throat> you know, those were kind of, images that I already had at that age. And so when I was older and doing it and, and I had this situation with or in, encountered this school, I, I really wanted to help kids because I think in one, to one degree or another, all young people kind of start going through that um, as they be, grow up and find themselves... Mm -hmm. There are expectations put on them. Okay, you're not a child anymore. You know, so I was teaching junior high kids in, in early early high school years, and and that's a tough age. And um, so going into acting for me was having a place where I could um, express my views. It, it wasn't for the acting itself. 
it was just the way that I came to it. And I, in fact, wanted to be a psychologist, but was extremely dyslexic and old enough to where they didn't know how to help you back then. And so I found that through story, I could share things and ideas with people as I grew and as I um, learned and went on my own personal healing journey. Expressing it through story was a way that I found to, that I, that I had a knack for, I guess, maybe even mm-hmm. a karmic propensity, you know, um, that, and that just started to blossom. So, so when I went into the Bionic Woman, for me, it was in fact the next stage of working with kids. Um, I, I wasn't interested in science fiction. I wanted to do serious movies about serious things, you know, and, Uh and, uh, uh, that that drive for me to help others, if you will, with something that I had learned, anything that I'd learned, I wanted to put in story. But um, I found that that I, I, this the show was had come to me, and I was kind of poo pooing, not poo pooing it, but just kind of brushing it to the side when they were offering it to me because it was science fiction. People were jumping off of buildings. It was a cop show, pretty much. And the technology and all of that was new and kind of fun, but still in the sci-fi area. And my girlfriend, actually, who knew my heart and soul very well, she is the one that actually mirrored for me what was going on in my life and the fact that I had been... uh, praying for, uh, because I was, I was working so much then that I was having a hard time being able to work at the school, and, and my heart was sad about that, and yet I loved what I was doing in the acting world. So how was I going to reconcile these two things? And in mm-hmm. fact, in my, in my prayers every day, it was just asking for guidance, help me see, bring it to me, show me you know, what to do, how do I resolve this seeming conflict in my life? And uh, she said to me, Lindsay, they're asking you to do shows for all the kids of the world. And it was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And, it, and I said, but, but look at this, John. She said, so you get some creative control. That's part, of your, that's part of your deal, or you don't do it, which I did. And she said that you, you know, it's the science fiction element of it simply means that you aren't going to be confined by a genre or a a formula in the show that dictates being a part of the norm. So your ideas about healing and all of the things that I've been studying since I was 19, having gone through a healing crisis of my own and gone through a very uh, profound healing experience and avoided surgery, um, uh, and it was through visualization, meditation, and learning to see my thinking processes and how they were participating in my illness. And it was a very profound experience. So I, I came to the role with all of this in my past already. And so she said, you can do stories about whatever you want to do about. And if people are going, that's too weird, say it's science fiction. <laughs> and, and, and you'll have the freedom to just do that. I mean, think about it. And it just... Clicked, and she said, "I think God's answered your prayer." And you're just saying, "No, I wanted it this way." 
you know, I was seeing it this way. And mm-hmm. so, anyway, that that was the uh, beginning of all of that. It was a great series. And no so question that. that. Was, I, 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 yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I was just going to say that that, that, that began um, the thrust of how the show went. And it was also the 70s, of course, and the women's movement was there. And so I got to develop really the very first female role model that had kind of full control and wasn't the shadow of of someone else and not that uh, I, it's, it, I see that as needing to not be a part of a, of a, of a couple. I don't mean that. I, I, I do mean the, right. that she got to be her full self in a way because at that point she was trying to find out who she was. And everything was different. Every, she had who, everything that she thought she was and everything that she had been being was stripped from her. And that's it's a great of, series. Absolutely great happened. series. Yeah. I, I spoke so, with a friend yeah. of mine. I'm sorry. I, I spoke no, no, with a ahead, friend of mine yesterday who is a psychologist, and, and we were talking about the bionic woman and, of course, Lindsay Wagner coming on the show today. And uh, my friend Charles said to me, you know, she was hot in addition to everything. <laughs> Because we were talking about, you know, the icons of the 70s. And, of course, there was Linda Carter and there was Lindsay Wagner. But Lindsay Wagner, you know, she just anyway. uh, And I said to him, have you read her book, The High Road to Health? And he said, well, no, I haven't. What what is that about? I said, it's a marvelous cookbook, just a marvelous cookbook. Now, you know, there's a kind of a disconnect between the, uh, you know, hot, if you will, icon and a cookbook. But but before we get into your workshop, I wanted to mention your, your cookbook. My wife and I are primarily pescatarians. So, so I, I eat salmon, my you know, for for its uh, omega threes, I guess. But otherwise we're vegetarian and, and and we have really enjoyed some of the recipes in your cookbook. What on earth got you to write a cookbook? Well I had been a vegetarian already and uh when I had my first child, uh, he was in uh, the, the the preschool that we went to. Um, <laughs> we went to, it sounds like, <laughs> but it was a co-op <laughs> school, so one of the parents was always uh, the third caregiver on, on, on the campus. So it was, uh, it always felt like we were going to preschool. <laughs> but um, uh, people would say, how do you do that? I mean, how do you raise a kid? I mean, but gosh, what do you do for... Pro- was answering so many questions because my son was the only vegetarian, and well, I think there was one other vegetarian child in in the school, and also the whole issue of heart disease had become a big public conversation at that point. Right at that point, it was in eighty, right. was it eighty mid eighties somewhere, and uh, and so that just. I thought, I just need to write a book and say, here, read it, <laughs> you know, or, or look at it. How do you do it? Because what do you do? So right. the book really wasn't, you know, I didn't, wasn't proposing to be John Robbins. I mean, he has kind of the why, all the whys. But my, we, my girlfriend and myself, who she was going through the same thing in her own way with her child, and we, we just decided to write the, the how and make it easy for people. 
I just wanted to make it familiar. Because there were some wonderful vegetarian cookbooks, but a lot of people aren't going to know what those ingredients are, nor are they, they gonna, their family going to just switch like this and eat that kind of food. Sure. And so I thought, you know, let's, let's work on making it as accessible to people who want to either eat less uh, animal products or, or stop completely, or somebody who's given a diagnosis by the doctor and says, stop eating meat, you got to eat other stuff. So that was our goal. And so we came up with, you know, meatless meatballs and meatless burgers and, you know, yeah, marvelous cooking mean, stuff that people would re- relate to. It's, it's what I mean, I, I love it. I, my, my favorite recipe in it is your dinner crepes with mushroom and walnut filling, but, but oh. there are so many. It's, but it's a great cookbook. And, you know, what, what I think a lot of people don't understand is the nature of the whole person that you represent in the stories that you tell, in the life that you have lived. And that's the reason I wanted to bring this out before we got into your book. But, you, you know, your work is also eclectic in that it draws on multiple spiritual and cultural traditions. And some might argue that the purity of a discipline should not be diluted that way. Uh, is there a special advantage to you blending, you know, Eastern, Western traditions in, in what you do? I share what's helped me. And I have been blessed to meet people from so many different traditions and consider my teachers or my angels um, at different points in my life. And when I feel like I'm stuck, I, of course, just sit back and say, okay, God, come on, I, I, I need something. I'm stuck here with all that I already know and or one of my mentors has passed away, or, you know, that something. I, I, I'm, I, I send me something here. And it always happens. And it's usually got a different face and coming from a different camp. But I think that I heard you mentioned earlier in, in your opening, uh, Someone, someone had written in something about where, you know, where are we headed? Mm-hmm. And I think the division, the, the, the concretized divisions that we hold in our minds about the other, whether it's the other religion or the other race or the other country or the other whatever, um, is, to me, reflective of the only issue we human beings really even have. Um, is that we feel separate from the whole of this creation, and we feel separate from the from the Creator, and so oneness. And that's the me, the converse. Huh? I, I was going to say, and that that is an illusion. But it, let's hold that thought. Yeah, let's come back to that because we're coming up on a hard break right now, okay. and, and I want to let everybody know about your CD. You're listening to Provocative and Lights Radio. We're talking with Lindsay Wagner about the integration of mind, body, spirit to awaken the human potential and heal the heart, heal the body. If you're not already in our chat room, now is a great time to join in the conversation. Just go to eldentaylor.com forward slash chat. We have a short video of our guest there for you today. And when you come back, I'll play a short piece of her new CD as well. So stay tuned. You won't want to miss what's coming next. Every day, every moment, we face choices. Yet, how many of those choices are truly our own? Are you ready to step onto the path of discovery? 
Read Eldon Taylor's New York Times bestseller, Choices and Illusions, now revised, updated, and expanded. Eldon combines provocative information, scientific research, and his own life's journey into a powerful message that we have the power to change. All we must do is be willing to choose to take the chance and change. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Have you talked to yourself lately? What does that inner voice say? Are you constantly hearing negative feedback? Ready for a change? Inner Talk, Eldon Taylor's patented subliminal technology, can do just that. Change your inner self-talk. Turn off the negative by replacing it with positive affirmations. Inner Talk has been researched at universities such as Stanford and by governments around the world and has been proven effective at priming your self-talk. Armed with a new positive outlook, you'll find everything becomes easier. From losing weight to stop smoking, giving presentations to riding horses, learn new things to being a powerful salesperson. Choose your title for change today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. Innertalk.com. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're discussing with Lindsay Wagner the integration of mind, body, spirit to awaken the human potential and heal the body. Before the break, I promised to play one minute or more of Lindsay's new CD, Open to Oneness, just to whet your appetite. So here it is. Listen and enjoy. Relax. Let go. I must say, I love your CD, Lindsay. And during the break, we showed a YouTube film of you titled A Lindsay Wagner Tribute. Everyone loved it. But when I was searching for video clips for today's show, I came across one in which you were singing the song Feelings. Oh, dear. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know you sang, let alone so beautifully. Before we get back to our discussion, I, I've got to ask you, why, you know, why don't we hear more vocal recordings from you? so busy doing the other work that it just kind of never happened. I I was 
couple of times I thought, okay, now I'd really like to go do something with that. And I'd start to turn that direction and something would come up and pull me back to the film business. It was just kind of like life was saying, stay here, stay focused right now. You can do that later if you want. I don't know. It's, it's been a really interesting relationship with that. I may still well, I got to tell you, I, I, I think, you know, you should do some. I loved it. All right. Let's go to your workshops. I mean, you know, the first half of the show, I, I, I wanted everybody to get a full picture of Lindsay Wagner because I think, you know, um, we talked a little bit during the break, and as Ravinder said to you, I think there are too few icons out there that are, are the kind of of people we want our young people to look to and, and want to be like. And, and you are this whole person. And, and you are doing these experiential workshops now to explore and initiate, you know, um, individuals into a higher sense of, of self. Tell us about the workshops. Well, they, they vary depending on who comes and or if we're working with the special interest groups. I'll skew the programs toward, you know, if we're working with cancer survivors or if we're working with addicts or, or people who are caregivers for disabled children or, you know, there's all kinds of special interest groups, even, you know, even law enforcement or, or that type of thing. But, but they're all based on the principle that our experience of any life circumstance is a function of our perception of it, our perspective, that we're experiencing it through. So what we feel isn't coming from that phenomenon out there, whether it's another person or whether it's uh, the event. Um, it, our ex- what we experience in that moment is, is what I call through the files that are in our file cabinet when we aren't able to stay fully in the moment, um, we're actually going to be experiencing it through a stencil that popped up out of that file to either protect us or interpret this moment or it's, it's rather complex. And we kind of go into that conversation, um, deeply, but, but at the same time, the experiential part of the workshop is what really uh, helps people to uh, understand the words, because the words, really, until you experience that that truth, are are just a, a thought that stays in one part of our being. Um, and it's also interpreted because we don't have the experience of it. So when somebody comes in to the workshop, they may have an idea of what that means, uh, but then we start working on some issue that you have, let's say. And by the way, I, I, I construct them so that people don't have to disclose anything that they don't feel comfortable disclosing in a group. And yet, as I know you know, and anybody who runs workshops, or been to them when somebody is willing to share something they're going through or a personal journey, it's very, very helpful to everyone in the group. So it's free for, for people to choose what or if at all they're going to share. But <clears throat> having said that, the, when, when we are working on our personal issues, whether we share them or not, um, for example, EFT, which is one of the tapping processes, one of the energy psychology processes. Something I was going to ask you about, so... Yeah, yes, I, teach, I teach 
that, and that's utilizing the acupuncture system, uh, learning to tap it yourself while focusing on uh, the, the thought or the feeling or the p- physical pain or whatever you have that you're wanting to work on um, while focusing on it, doing a particular rhythm with that tapping, and it actually transmutes or that energy that's creating the physical pain or the emotional pain or the obsession or whatever. And so when somebody thinks about their brother that they have this resentment for, for example, and understanding, well, yeah, I can understand that my resentment's giving me this feeling, and if I didn't resent that, but once we go through a round or two of that, that one technique, and within minutes, this sensation that this person has had for 10 years is gone, and they think of their brother, and they remember that wonderful child that they used to love each other, and it's experiential, all of a sudden, those words, my experience is a function of my perception or my perspective, becomes very meaningful. And so all of the other processes that we do, uh, we, we do other energy processes, the oneness, Diksha, for example, or we call it oneness blessing sometimes in the U.S., which is a flow of an energy that's extremely transformative and in its own gentle way does similar things in that it uh, has the capacity to, um, I say, dissolve the glue that keeps us stuck to these old, uh, painful, disowned feelings that once they're released or transmuted could then leave that painful experience from the past a simple memory that is just something you can remember, but you don't feel the pain of it anymore. So there, there are many things. That's why I call it experiential, because it, I, I don't just get up there and, and talk. A lot of people are good, but I, you know, we kind of think of in the West as what a teacher is, somebody who's going to give you this information, and then you've got to go learn how to deal with it. But you know, I say, let's do it right here. Let's learn it and do it, and, because these are the things that worked for me, and all I can do is share what I know. And so that's kind of how it goes. So we do the Oneness Speak Show. We do the EFT, uh, various forms of energy psychology. We do global, for, is a, which is actually that's utilized in EFT as well. You know, I was, I was going to ask you about that because your global process, and I, I'm not sure if I have this entirely correct, so please, you know, jump in there and cut me off or correct me. But your instructions are to circle the soft Hello? spot above the left breast, up and away from the body, and say the following two sentences three times, you know, yeah. each. I yes. deeply, completely, and profoundly accept myself with all my faults, problems, and limitations. The second sentence, I deeply, completely, and profoundly accept myself with all my gifts, strengths, and ability. Now, now my question would be, and, and there are many who teach affirmation power, that would object to the first sentence. I know this personally know. <laughs> because, okay, so, so how do you respond to them when they, you know, when they say, hey, you can't be telling people that they deeply, profoundly accept a fault because that cements the fault on them. Yeah, I don't see it like that. I, um, first of all, we're activating the, the acupuncture system. When you activate the life force, the life force knows truth from false. And when we resist where we are right now, and if you're not fully enlightened, completely 
unattached to any identity or whatever all those things are we consider to be enlightened. Um, in this moment, there is something there that perhaps is not life-enhancing in your beingness, your habituated self that is uh, life-diminishing. If you ask someone, do you have any faults, even someone who's committed to, you know, affirmations, Mm -hmm. Uh, or do you have any issues or problems or any of that, the vast majority of people are going to say, well, yeah, (laughs) you know. I have this thing I seem to struggle with, or, or yeah, I've got, you know, I think I'm a jerk, or, you know, whatever. It's, it's the, the plethora of answers you're going to get. Um, but we... Don't you think a lot... In, in, in order to, I feel, in order to move beyond something, we must relax into accepting that. And it is only our, you know, most of the time we resist even looking at some negative programmings, if you will, that we, that we carry and that are maybe even very deep with us, we don't want to acknowledge that. But if we can accept that, what happens? Who are you tuning into when you go into acceptance? What is it you're actually tuning into? I consider that we are, are, are tuning into our higher self. So if well, you're yeah. saying, I accept all those faults, it, I accept whatever I am, whatever I have, whatever I, whatever I, not whatever I am, but whatever I'm carrying with me is a better way of putting it. And uh, some part of us at any given moment could see this thing that we struggle with as a fault. It doesn't mean that it is a fault, but there is programming in all of us about fault. So if, I'm, if I can accept my fault, that, or that, that I might have faults doesn't mean that I am. I'm not saying I, I, I do, I want it. I'm saying I am accepting the fact that there might be things here that my psyche would consider a fault. And therefore, if I accept it, I can embrace it, and that transmutes it. Right. I, I think the issue is really more one of, uh, you know, syntax. When we, you know, when you talk about a fault, and faults are always attached to what? Blame, of course, you know. Yeah. If there's a fault, then there is blame, and if there's blame, well, then there's shame, and and yep. and, and then that whole cycle. You, you know, if you see, if you stop and think for a minute, instead of sin, it's an error. Instead of fault, it's a mistake. If if you just shift it in the context that you're saying it, if you deliver it in that context, it doesn't have to be. You know, an adhesive that that lives with you. I mean, it, it can be the thing that you recognize by way of a mistake and move beyond. Is is am I getting that right from you? It sounds as though. Okay, let me rephrase that. This process is not a a deductive process at all. It it isn't okay. something that you think out. It's actually moving into acceptance by taking away the resistance to the fact that there might be something in you that you are blaming yourself for. It's like, it's like 
I, I don't know how you, you know, how you feel about, and we, this is a whole other show, but, you know, the, in AA, one has to acknowledge that at this moment, anyway, I have a drinking problem. And that's the beginning. Uh, I have to acknowledge that I'm not nice to my wife before I can start being nicer. But if I'm resisting that and not acknowledging that right now, this is where I am, and I resist it because I have judgment, I resist it because I judge you when I see it in you. If I can accept it in myself, I can be more accepting of you. If I can be more accepting of you, the whole you. That's the point. That's why you do them both. You're accepting your whole self, however you are right now. And because there are, there are little programs in there that are judging you and that are judging others all the time until we completely transcend all that. So to me, it's just acknowledging that we have. And there's times when you just might want to, when you catch yourself being, you know, disowning your, your people would say, why would you have to own your, your uh, gifts or your strengths or your ability? Why would you have to do it to that? You know, if you do it to that, then you're saying that you don't think you have it also. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. I and do. that's true because you don't, because you resist that too. It's about removing the resistance. It's about removing any resistance and letting the life force flow through in power with everything else. With everything. Okay, now, you, and you can't do that affirmation do... without, I wouldn't recommend doing that affirmation without working the acupuncture point because that's stimulating the life force and the life force is where the purity is and the power and the, and the intelligence of where to go with it. We can't do this with our mind. We have that's, to that's, the life force in the process. That's all part of the energy psychology that you employ in your right. in your right. workshops. And and part of what makes your workshop so so interesting and enticing, I, I think, you know, to everyone. Your literature states uh, that it can be a catalyst to breaking through undesirable patterns. That's what you're discussing here. Can you share some success stories with us to exemplify what what people might expect if they uh, attend your seminar, uh, attend your workshop? Well, some big things that stand out in my mind. I mean, there's, there's big things and little things, and those little things sometimes are just the blessing that you wanted in your life because it happens every day. Um, right. My, well, my coordinator, for one, uh, she, I, she's kind of responsible for making all these workshops happen these days. Uh, she has a disabled child, a severely disabled child, and we actually met because she was on a meltdown. Her mother had uh, recently come down with or been diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's and was beginning that journey. Uh, and she just had so much on her plate, she could not handle it. She couldn't handle her own life. She had two children. She, they were having other family problems, and she had just hit a wall when we met. And I did just a little bit of work with her, with the Diksha, the oneness Diksha. And her energy shifted because when we get in crisis times like this, what happens is our mind is trying to take care of everything. What we can do is only what we can do. We stress about it because the mind wants to get in here, try to fix it, try to change it, won't accept what's going on, wants things to stay the same, all of the types 
of, of thinking processes that, that just knee-jerk up and get in the way of us just taking care of what we can in the moment and being in the moment. And there's so much power and energy in the moment. And but we're not there, so it gets all sucked out, and eventually we get drained completely. She she experienced this oneness diksha, and it was so helpful for her, as well as the orientation of how she was holding the, 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 the how she was holding this experience and herself, and what she was responsible for, and what she wasn't responsible for in all of this. Um, that the shift she had from that one event. Not only did she uh, find her life shifting on a day-to-day basis, but she wanted to share it with others. So on top of everything else she was already dealing with that she couldn't deal with, she started putting together workshops. <laughs> and in, in three months, she did, another, she did a second session um, where we did some, some of the EFT work in conjunction with the, the Diksha. And... Uh, after that, she had me in three months. She had me over in England on a month and a half tour, and was still taking care of her mother, doing what she needed to do for wow. her daughter, and put me. You know, it was she, it was just blow, blew my mind. I mean, when she said, "Would you come to England?" I said, "Sure, if you can fix it up. Here's what I need." Blah 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 blah. And I really, honestly, didn't expect to hear from her for a long time, if ever. And when she called me back in a couple of months <laughs> and said, "Well, would you do this, this, or this?" and, and then it started growing. It well, could you stay a little bit longer? It was like, oh my. I created a monster here, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it was just amazing. And she's continued to do so and blossom. And she even does and teaches these processes herself now. Um, another person who was uh, a gentleman who was trying to stop drinking, he uh, uh, indeed did stop, but he he was a, a manager for huge apartment buildings. And there's a lot of detail work in that and a lot, of keep, a lot to keep track of. And he came back one time and he said he had to share something that was really humorous to him because he felt he was always maxed out, never could get everything done in time. And his mother occasionally used to come in and help him in, in the workplace uh, when he'd get overloaded. And she was still doing that on, on occasion, but he said the funny thing was is that his mind was quieter, and he did use these words. He was calmer. He moved slower and was getting exponentially more done. Hmm. And his mother was saying, I'm not sure what to help you with. Tell me what to do, because <laughs> things are moving so, slow, so smoothly here. So it, it, he, but, but part of his perception was that he had to have his mind moving really fast and to be able to move his mind really fast in order to take care of everything every day that he needed to keep up with. And uh, it wasn't even one of the thoughts that came up in the, the sessions, but it was one that he realized that he had let go of. He didn't realize he had it as, a, as an actual thought that created his MO that was completely draining his energy. If people want to know uh, more about, uh, you know, your your workshops, where do they go? How do they, how do they, you know, find out the details, register, et cetera? Right. That uh, it's lindsaywagnerinternational.com. lindsaywagnerinternational.com, and and everything is there. Okay. Everything's so there. Let, yeah. let, let's talk I mean, a little bit about your CD. We've only got about a minute, but 
Open okay. to oneness. Uh, have you got more coming? Why did you do I do, that? actually. Yeah, I did that one because uh, people would say after a workshop, you know, how do we keep doing this diksha? Because it's kind of a flow and a transmission of a, of, a, of a very transformative energy. And so people, how do I do that on my own? And so I made the CD and set a very strong intention that this energy flow to whomever would hear this, ever, would hear this. And I allowed, the, as a facilitator of this energy, I, I allowed it to flow while I was speaking. I worked with the composer, and he was, was in that energy field while he was playing the music. So it's very systemic in, in the, the CD itself. And I do have a new one that's going to be, it's not on the website just yet, but it will be in, I don't know, in a week maybe. Um, and it's a, kind of a daily practice that is very simple and short, and one can certainly learn it and don't have to have the CD if you don't, if you don't meet, want to after a while. But um, it's very simple. It's, it's about gratitude, which I think is a very extremely high frequency to when you're feeling funky, uh, you know, per our conversation, you can shift your perspective also by going straight at what one would consider a positive. Um, All right. Give, give your website again, please. We're out of time. Oh, okay, lindsaywagnerinternational.com. All right. We, uh, we've come to the end of another hour of Provocative Enlightenment. I want to thank you all for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed our show, and we'll join us again next week, same time, same place. Do check out lindsaywagnerinternational.com. If you uh, have comments on our show, do let us know. And until next time, remember, wherever you are in the world, believing in yourself always matters.